Hi, Joel. Hello, Amanda. How are you? I am wonderful. <laughs> good, good. Well, this is a, a wonderful chance to interview you because you have so much going on and it's also very interesting. Uh, and uh, so I'm going to ask you a group of questions and um, then I'd just like to listen to how you became an entrepreneur and what you're doing in the process. So are you ready? I am indeed. Okay, great. Uh, first of all, tell, us, tell me about your background before you became an entrepreneur. Okay, too easy. Um, well, I started off uh, in the local North Carolina area, going to school, doing the, the normal college thing. I uh, got an opportunity uh, to get an ROTC scholarship uh, through the United States Army, which uh, was incredible. Um, so I went to school, did that, commissioned as a second lieutenant in the Army um, in the infantry, uh, got to go down to uh, Fort Benning, Georgia, spent some wonderful time down there, um, spent several years uh, doing what the infantry does, a few deployments here and there, um, and then I got uh, recruited into special operations um, and got the uh, privilege and honor to come up to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and uh, try out and go through the uh, selection process and eventually get picked up. Um, and served uh, for a few years uh, with the special operations community up here as well. Wonderful. And so what made you decide after all of that to own and build a business? Um, divine intervention. <laughs> uh, uh, the Army was downsizing, um, as you can see, as we prepare to enter in uh, to the same theater we were already in. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, they offered me the chance to get out uh, with an early separation um, and then go in and uh, essentially uh, join the reserves and continue my time there, um, which is great. They uh, gave me essentially a, a large severance check, um, which was amazing. Um, and I was just happened to be in the right place at the right time uh, doing some contract work um, where I found out about these business opportunities. Uh, the business opportunity of buying my own business. I had been looking at uh, different franchises um, and things like that, and sort of nothing had, had worked out um, due for whatever financial reasons or ethical reasons. Um, but I had this one opportunity. I knew a guy who knew a guy who knew a guy type deal um, who was selling his own business, um, made contact when I returned off of the contract, uh, sat down and talked, and uh, the, the deal just happened to, to kind of work out, but I, I guess more to the point of the question, um, I didn't want another job where I just sat in a cubicle for the next, you know, 30 or 40 years of my life, just pushing papers. I wanted to, to do something, you know, out of the ordinary and something that I could enjoy and put my, my life and my heart into. And it just came about owning a business was that method to accomplish that. Great, great. Now, how did you come to buy Yesterday's? Isn't that the name of the restaurant? Yesterday's? Yes, ma'am. Uh -huh. uh, Yesterday's Pub and Grill, uh, located in between Fayetteville and Sanford in North Carolina. So come on down. We've got great food, great service. <laughs> we'll um, be there. I'll, I'll, I was trying to generate sales. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I just honestly, after the contract, I met the owner who, again, who knew a guy who I was working with. Um, he said he was interested in selling, um, had not found any viable candidates to sell to. I said, well, do you mind if I come up and take a look? Uh, I saw the place and just absolutely fell in love with it. Um, I was not necessarily looking for a restaurant, although I looked at some restaurant franchises. I just knew owning my own business was the route that I wanted to go, and this just happened to be the right place at the right time. Um, the sales price of what he was asking for was reasonable, I thought, um, and it put me in the right market. 
Um, for you know, I, unfortunately, I didn't have millions of dollars. I had a limited budget, and uh, it's just all of the factors uh, were a good match on both on his end and on my end. Great, great. Uh, when um, how just to add on to that a little bit, uh, how, how did you find the funding to buy a business to buy an existing restaurant? I got very creative very quickly. Um, I, I did not have a rich uncle or a large inheritance or, or mass amounts of cash on hand. Um, I did have uh, some savings that I'd accrued through my years in the military. So obviously that was my first source. Um, I, and I did uh, creative financing essentially. Um, the bank uh, was willing to loan a percentage of it um, in conjunction with my down payment. And they, the previous owner also retained a portion of the uh, the loan as well, so that satisfied the requirements for the bank for my down payment, um, and they also saw that he was committed and involved in it, um, and it, it put less risk on their end as well. Wow. Um, so through those variable methods, uh, we were able to, to put a, a finance package together that the bank approved and that the SBA liked as well. Terrific. That's great. Now, I understand that in a very short amount of time, because you haven't owned yesterday's very long, is it about a year now? Uh, not not quite a year yet. I uh, the deal was complete uh, in February sixth of two thousand fourteen this year, um, but the the paperwork and the application process started about three months before that. Gotcha, gotcha. So in a very short amount of time, you're looking at expanding into a whole new business, as I understand. Yes, ma'am, that is correct. Um, you know, the, the restaurant industry is good, but it's certainly dependent on people. Um, and I'm a firm believer that you should create multiple streams of income in your life to be financially successful. Um, and because one wasn't enough, one successful business, um, I had the opportunity uh, to purchase the entire building that the restaurant is in. Um, it also houses some other businesses as well. Um, but got that written into the lease agreement um, that I would be able to purchase the building at a, a pre-agreed upon price. Um, and I'm going to start the, uh, the commercial real estate business here soon, as soon as that deal is uh, completed and the ink is dried on the paper. Fantastic. Now... When you say a commercial real estate business, will it just be that building, or are you going to look around for other opportunities? Uh, y yes and yes. In the short term, it will just be that building mm -hmm. um, because the, the expenses when it comes to commercial real estate are just – exponentially large um, and and it requires a large uh, infusement of capital in the initial stages but what I would like to to do in the latter uh, as it develops is to acquire other buildings that are in sort of this commercial park uh, that this building exists in and the owner of the other buildings has expressed a desire uh, to expand that as well so essentially piecemeal every few years acquire another building another building another building so then after you know five ten twelve years however long into it once you get the first building paid off then you just roll those proceeds over into paying off for the buildings and just continually grow larger and larger wow well now how are you going to get the funding for the first building uh, again, very creatively. Um, there are alternate lenders available that are not or not what you're considered your traditional lending sources. Um, there's some banking and some finance organizations out there mm -hmm. that, uh, depending on the region you're in, whether it's a hub zone or a historic district or whatever it may be, uh, will lend you the money for that. And that's uh, done through 
Um, the Center for Economic uh, Empowerment and Development uh, located here in Fayetteville, North Carolina, um, that helps small business owners um, find that funding, find that resourcing. And some of it comes through the, the county and the state as well. Um, obviously, they have a vested interest in increasing the tax base and increasing the profitability and the income in their areas. So then they, in turn, give you either tax breaks or uh, various uh, uh, down payment assistance as well. Oh, that's terrific. Great. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Uh, now, in all of those businesses, so let me let me backtrack. As I understand it, uh, while you've been running a business and starting work, starting work on another business, uh, you have another job. Uh, I, I do indeed. Um, and that's, you know, I say do what you love. And it's truly a job that I, I love with my whole heart and soul. Um, it's a company called Blue Light, uh, relatively unheard of. Um, it's a subcorporation of the McCallum Group based out of Colorado Springs. Um, and, and what we do uh, is criminal network analysis. It was a, a job that I had in the military in special operations of finding bad guys and terrorist cells and IED networks. Um, but it's a company that goes you know, around the world working with different companies, uh, branches of the government, uh, branches of the military, um, and fighting fraud, uh, fighting crime, and helping these organizations do that and essentially make the world a safer place, which you know, harkens back to my military days of you know, being a good guy and wearing the white hat and, and stopping the bad guy. <laughs> I see. Good. So this is a, a way to continue on with what you love from the military. It is, and no one shoots at me anymore. Great. <laughs> That's good. Uh, <clears throat> so who have been the most important people in your business to help you be successful? And how did you find them? Uh, wow. Uh, great question. Um, you can't do anything in this world alone by yourself anymore. Um, different business um, mentors, I guess, um, through the, uh, the Vet to CEO program, uh, which I went through, uh, Mr. John Panaccione. Um I found him through the Fayetteville Tech uh, Small Business Development Center. Um, I found the uh, this organization as well, um, and everything that it's tied to yourself and, and everyone who's put that together, um, and just all the different resources that are there. And you know, it starts with one person here and one person there, and then before you know it, you're connected to this larger network of associated people. So people through the uh, the communities or the community colleges that help with uh, small business um, you know, classes and resources and things like that, the small business center that's run by the city, um, the different military organizations as well that help with veterans. So just trying to tie into as many organizations as you can. Um, I know the, the SCORE uh, program is uh, helpful as well for providing feedback and information. And honestly, anybody that I could get two seconds of time with to ping my questions off of or they could give me any helpful advice or input, I wanted to know who they were and I, were ta and I was talking to them um, just trying to get whatever information I could. Great. That's very good. That's really good advice. <laughs> very good advice. Um, now, you, uh, I, I am coming down to Fayetteville and I am going to yesterday's, but <laughs> how else do you generate new sales? Um, in the service industry, uh, primarily, and this is very, very frustrating, but it's also helpful to understand, it's primarily word of mouth. I, I do several um, advertising methods. I, we have our own website. We uh, send out emails. We're on Facebook. We have direct mailers. Uh, we sponsor. Uh, we help sponsor different events like golf courses that are doing you know, charity work and things like that. All kinds of advertising through all different kinds of media. Um, 
we go we were on the food review sites website i mean we plug in however we can to generate new sales but at the end of the day in the service industry it really comes down to word of mouth it's the best advertisement and for sales generation i could ever get a friend tells a friend tells a friend tells a friend hey you've got to go to yesterday's they have the best food they have the best drink they have the best service the best environment whatever it may be because they're going to believe that before they necessarily believe or see necessarily see any type of advertising. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's very true. Now, which of those, by the way, a little segue, which of those are the most important for, for yesterday's, the food, the drink, the atmosphere? Um, well, it's honestly all of them, and that's why I truly fell in love with this this particular business in this restaurant is it is the I mean you can have good food and good service and those are certainly a necessity in the service industry but it is the environment that keeps people coming back it's a very unique uh, environment everyone sort of compares it they said hey it's the neighborhood cheers and you walk in everyone knows who you are they know what you like to eat they know what you like to drink it's it's a family environment so it's very similar to your the European pubs uh, that you see where you know, your family can come in for a good meal you can hang out with your buddies and have a beer or watch the game. We have live music. We have entertainment. We do all kinds of different things. So we're we're tied in very much into the community. It's not just a simple restaurant where you come in, you order your meal, you eat it, you pay for it, you leave. Uh, it, it's we're, we're a living, breathing organism as part of the community. Great. I like that. A living, breathing organism. I just saw that something similar in writing that a business is a living organism <laughs> and oh, it is <laughs> absolutely absolutely uh how fast are your businesses growing uh not fast enough <laughs> would be my answer. um we're keeping pace with the industry standard um if you go into the uh i believe it's a dun and brad street uh you can look at projections based off your industry for the area and look at you know industry standards across the board um and then you you know, the, and for, for me, I look at the, um, the relatively quick service restaurant industry standards, um, but then I will also look at what's specifically for my area. So, you know, the way it's growing in a different state or region of the country could be dramatically opposite of what mine is. I think they project uh, somewhere between 3 and 5% growth a year for my industry, but because of the area that I'm in, which is having almost exponential growth, um, I try and set my sights a little bit higher for that. You know, I want to be better and I want to grow faster. I don't want to have more sales than my competitors. Mm -hmm. That makes perfect sense. Um, are you familiar with the costs associated with your business? Are you very familiar with your costs? Um, I would think any small business owner worth their salt would have to be familiar with it. If you don't understand the bottom line and the costs and what's going on, I may not understand exactly how much a single order of French fries is per food cost or whatever it may be, but I understand the larger picture. Okay, what are my food costs overall? What are my labor costs? What are my overhead costs? Where am I losing money? Where could I make up money? So absolutely, I have to be familiar with that because if I'm not, um, they get caught with my pants down and go, wow, you know, I'm, I'm missing out here on something. Great. Great. Uh, do you have a projection or a revenue plan, a budget? Do you know, do you look out towards the next 12 months and say, I know what, where I'm supposed to be in those areas in the month of May and in the month of December or whatever? Yes. Yes. I, I have my projections. Um, and, and you actually, for to get an SBA, an SBA loan, um, you have to have those projections done out 
um, over the next three to five years, depending on the industry as well. Um, so yes, you have to have that forecasted, but then I also look at where I am and then I also do my analysis on where we were a year ago or two years ago and do those comparisons. Say, are we growing? Are, are we stagnating? You know, what's going on? So yes, absolutely. And I look at it daily to see obviously income, but I sort of look at it in a larger picture weekly or monthly. Okay. You know, doing dollar cost averaging, where are we? Gotcha. Good. Now, is, do you have someone who handles your financial management, or do you do that? Uh, yes, I do have a CPA uh, because I do not want to go to jail, courtesy of the IRS, uh, for any reason. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't do well in prison. Uh, so I have a CPA that, that monitors you know, my, my bookkeeping and my finances and stuff like that. But I, I've also do my own bookkeeping through uh, the QuickBooks software and some online tools that I use through my bank, uh, which the, the analytical tools that are available now to a small business owner through different financial institutions or through a company such as QuickBooks um, are, are just absolutely amazing. You can essentially see where your sales are, do your projections. Um, and it's, very, very helpful if you see shortcomings coming up with, you know, future cash expenditures, whatever it may be. So I do that portion of it, but I also have the, the CPA to do the uh, the legal double check to keep me out of trouble. Gotcha. Good, good. Now, are your businesses, and let me include in this your, um, the building, the first building that you're looking at buying. Uh, absolutely. Um, are your businesses profitable today? Uh, yes, they are. Uh, unfortunately, the bank realizes most of that profit um, and the <laughs> bank payments. Um, but I, I would not have purchased the business were it not profitable or if there were any chance of it not being profitable. Um, and that goes for the restaurant as well as the uh, the commercial real estate. Um, the, again, it was an SBA requirement. They, they had to open the books. Um, they had to go through a thorough review. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't purchase an existing business were it not profitable. It just, it wouldn't make sense for me to do that unless I had some grand scheme of how I was going to revitalize it or, or, you know, renew it or, or do something different with it. But the way it is now, I, I'm happy with those businesses. Um, I can see the long term for it. So yes, they, they're absolutely profitable. Great. That's great. And the bank won't always own part of it. No, no. The, the goal is to get them paid off and out of my back pocket as soon as possible. And then I can start, you know, realizing some of the, those uh, profits and presumably at some point uh, slow down on my work schedule a little bit. Yes, just a little. <laughs> Good. Um, all right. Now, what are the most difficult parts of operating a business? Oh, there's a saying in the military um, of your your plan uh, is only as good until you make first contact. Um, and what that means is you can have the best plan in the world, but the enemy gets a vote. You know, you don't know where you're going to get attacked, what's going to happen, whatever it may be. Um, and that's sort of the, it's the same is true for owning a business. I can have the greatest plan in the world of, okay, I'm going to spend this money. I'm going to buy this. My labor is going to be this or whatever. But there's so many unknowns, especially when you have multiple employees. If it was a, a cell phone business, it was just myself and one or two other employees. It would be very, very difficult or very, very different. But it's much more difficult when you have all of these moving pieces. You don't plan on you know this piece of equipment breaking or this person going into overtime or this issue, whatever you know X is. Um, this problem with a customer, you know, this, you know, this plumber needing to be called or this electrician needing to be called for things that you just didn't foresee. And that's the most difficult part. You can have the best plan in the world. 
but when you have all of that tied in together, it doesn't always uh, go according to plan. That's for sure. <laughs> absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um, what are the most rewarding parts of running a business from your perspective? Uh, knowing I made a difference. Um, it was frustrating in the military, and it, it is part of the military, and I will always be thankful to the military for having the, the privilege and the honor uh, of serving my country. I, I would do the exact same thing again if I had the chance. Um, but you have people who outrank you. It's just – it's a fact. Um, and you can give them the ground truth and say, okay, I think this is what we need to do. But at the end of the day, your, your commander is – can look at you and go, no, we're not going to do that. And then the politicians and the, the senior government officials just may not listen to you, which is part of it. Um, but at the, the end of the day, being a small business owner, I know I made this decision. I, you know, approved or denied this and, you know, I'm responsible mm -hmm. for it. And, and on the, the bad days, then it's bad and I have to sigh and take a breath. But on the good days, it's great. And you just have this overwhelming feel of joy of, I did this, I created this. That's great. It's true. Um, now, do you have a, uh, a lesson learned, something that really was unexpected from your perspective? Yes, absolutely. Um, God, the biggest lesson learned, um, people, it, it, you're always going to be involved in people, whether it's you know, contractors or suppliers or vendors or buyers, whatever your business is. And in my business, it's a simple one-for-one -one exchange, a meal for money. But when you're working with larger projects, you have other things. Um, but it just it comes back to, to planning. You've got to have a plan because things aren't always going to go right. Um, and essentially, you don't know what you don't know. Um, through some of the different training and programs I've learned, you you have to sort of have that magic eight ball and to the best of your ability, you know, make a, make an educated guess. Um, and, and so that way when bad things do happen, then you've got a backup plan or you can respond to the best of your ability. No, it's never the same day twice. Um, and you just have to roll with the punches essentially. And you cannot let those bad days get you down. Mm. Yeah. Now do you ever have a bad day? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. I, I think every business, every small business owner um, that's generating their primary source of income from business is going to have bad days. One thing, if you've got you know a regular nine to five job and you have a side business out of your garage or whatever, just for you know just pocket money or just a general hobby. But yeah, any business owner who does this day in and day out, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty hours a week, yeah, you're going to have bad days. Yeah. Yeah. Any other advice you would like to give our audience? Absolutely. One, don't give up. Don't ever, 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 ever give up. If you are an entrepreneur at heart and this is what you truly want to do, do not stop until you accomplish your dream because you won't be happy otherwise. There's going to be people that tell you you can't do it and people that tell you you shouldn't do it. Um, but at the end of the day, don't ever stop. That's the first piece. And the second piece that kind of dovetails with that is you've got to be hungry. And you've got to want it. I had people that tell me that told me I couldn't get the business loan. I wouldn't get it. The money wasn't right. I had people tell me, well, you know, that the business isn't going to do as well as you think it's going to do. And, oh, well, this isn't going to happen or this isn't going to work. And and I look at them now and go, well, OK, great. You're you're a naysayer or whatever, but I'm doing it. I'm the one 
you know, in there every day, day in and day out, making it happen and making it work. So, but I've got to, you know, be hungrier and want it more than the people who tell me I can't do it. You know, you may be faster than me. You may be stronger than me. You may you know, have more money. And I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who are smarter than me. But by God, you are not going to outwork me. I, I don't care. You, I will not stop. I will not give up. That's great. So that's the attitude that you've got to have. And you can't let the world get you down. Yeah, because it'll try to, won't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, that's wonderful. I'm so impressed with everything you're doing. And I'm very excited to hear more. And I'm going to, I am going to come down to yesterday's. I've got that on my list. <laughs> wonderful. But, wonderful. Uh, but I also want to see this building that you're going to purchase. Absolutely. Now, are there offices that you would rent out in this building? Uh, well, it's currently fully rented, uh, which when you do your valuation of you know the build the business loan and all of that, um, one of the factors is are all of the available spaces uh, currently leased out, and they are indeed, uh, which is good, and they've got all good tenants, um, which I, I like. It's an uh, it's an up and coming area. There is growing uh, wonderful demographics uh, for the type of businesses that I want there. So it's just a, a really great community and something I, I, I truly have a heart for. Well, thank you so much, Joel. This was awesome. This was a great interview, and you've done a fantastic job, and the, your advice is perfect, right on the spot. Absolutely. <laughs> so, wow. Thank yeah. you. Well, all it's the best. Great. This is so exciting. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad to help, and I will do anything I can and just, uh, just encourage any and all military veterans out there. Just uh, keep at it. Thanks. That's a really good message for everybody. All right, great. Well, thanks, Joel, and I'll be back in touch. Still want to work on that video piece. (laughs) (laughs) No no worries. Thank you so much, Amanda. Okay, thank you. Good luck. Thanks. Bye-bye.